If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Say Things, episode 108. Suns fan here with Cinderin. How are you doing? Good, sir. I am doing fine. Thank you for asking, sir. That's great to hear, young man, of course. Yes. As you can tell, uh, Cinderin is back home from the Animager, and I am in a different hotel room in Stockholm for ESL, one which we'll talk about at some point in this episode. So, audio should be better than last week, that's for sure, Uh, now that at least one of us is back home, and we're not three people screaming into a microphone, so that's good. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we'll talk about the Animager and all that good stuff, but first, let's give our uh, patrons a shout-out, Cinderman. You sound like you're struggling to focus. Is that because you have a fresh salad right next to you? Uh. Actually, no. It's because I, again, do not have dual monitors. Actually, I should say I don't have quad monitors, which I'm used to. Oh, and it's right. now on my laptop instead of uh, the Wii Play stuff that they, they gave me a gaming PC and everything. So a little bit scuffed from my end right now, but hopefully it ends up being okay. So why don't you start us out, young man? Hmm? Yes. Hmm? Speak up, too. So speak as up now. always, yes, I will speak up. Uh, as always, a big shout out to the InBruge tier. And we haven't mentioned this on many episodes in a row, so I just want to remind people, if you want to chip in to the Patreon and in any tier, there's like different perks, then you can check out patreon.com slash we say things. And here comes the InBruge tier. Shannon, I'll do the first half. You'll do the second one. You ready? Yes. Okay. Cinderin's sharp new haircut. Oh, how nice. Hmm. Mummifying someone in sticky notes for daring to write on one so the adhesive is on the bottom. Okay. Interesting. I can't get enough of you guys at the Animator. You are the GOAT duo. Pray to Gaben that you get invited to TI. There's a lot of wholesome ones this time. That's amazing. Thank you. I'm only able to climax if Sinran is berating. Oh, if, if Sunsfan is berating Sinran. Damn, I just, that was my mind. That's wholesome. Off. Wholesome. Yep, very wholesome as well. Puppy's got the secret formula. Sunsfan, my GF found out about this membership, so now it must end, but I forgot to cancel. Read Wizard's <laughs> first rule. <laughs> He's forgotten to cancel for like, I don't know how long now. Yeah, it's been a while. That's good. Keep it up. Shakar. Playing Wyvern on lane is so shitty, his second spell should be called Sphincter Blast. The Megapope. Animator Wager can assuage her labor danger in favor of lasers. T.I. in New Zealand. Zan Xavier. Nate Thaco zero one Hamscrote supports the Suns and thinks that all Lakers fans should go suck it. Cuff cuff pop tart. Bacon is offended. Cinderin doesn't want to support my work. Maybe he just needs to find adult friends. Yes, that's it. In Dota's lore, Chen was passionately fucked by Bad Rider. Void Spirit found out, so he ported half of his danger dick to assist. Shark TM, 
storming Valve HQ if both of you aren't invited to TI. I mean, that one is wholesome and at the same time a little bit scary. All right, that's half. Also, thank you to happy 31st birthday, Alex Chow. Novi Panda. Happy birthday. Dop. Eating Chosnek makes you happy and healthy. Sins fan need to cast at TI10. Mr. Underscore Man, as always. Oh, yay, another Ben Broomhead Patreon name. I'm sure this one is really interesting and witty. That was quite interesting and witty. It was different than the last one. Pitch Black, Wooden Aftertaste, Duntalk, Anonymous, Purge, Purging, Provocative Prerogatives that Purposefully Pool My Pernicious Purse. Nice. Peter, thanks for a great major. Your cast was the best part. Niebling, Ronnie Keel, and Penta Dirk. Thank you, AUI. Loves the podcast <laughs> and the animator. Yeah. Last week. actually changed nickname <laughs> to Penta Dirk. Yeah. Shout out to AUI for uh, doing that last week. That was actually pretty hilarious. Okay. Um, let me turn down my mic just a bit, doing this slightly live here. Okay. So next thing on the list, Cinderin, since we didn't get a chance mm-hmm. to talk about it, uh, the NBA. All right. Oh. So I guess I don't need to warn people. I'm just assuming this will be the longest NBA segment for a while, so you can skip if you want. But I am obviously very excited. Uh, Basically, from the beginning of the playoffs, the Suns, or I have been traveling, which makes me really fucking sad. Uh, And I've had to watch every Suns game, as you know, because you watched one of them with me. Uh, Well, occasionally Mm -hmm. there's like an early one, but mostly at 5 a.m. I've had to wake up every time to watch a couple times I knew it was going to fuck me real hard in the major like being extra tired but so, you did it anyway well no I'd wake up and I'm like eh alright I'll watch the VOD so I would wake up like a couple hours after the game and not check my phone so I don't know who won or anything and I would watch the VOD and even then it's still pretty early in the morning so I can't scream or anything so I think we did I even talk about the first round I don't think so, because AUI... I don't think you did. Okay. Right, because we didn't do it on the AUI episode. So the Suns are the second seed. The Lakers, we played in the first round. They're the seventh seed, but that's because of injuries and whatnot. And we were down two to... I don't even know if you knew this, Cinder. We were down two to one to the Lakers, okay? Mm -hmm. And in that game three that we lost, LeBron and the whole team were basically taunting us. Like with dancing, they're showboating and stuff. Like dancing on the court, doing all this annoying ass shit that made me really angry. And I was thinking to myself, and I've said this literally like a couple of weeks prior concerning like esports. Like we've had this discussion mm-hmm. where if you do not want to give the other team any ammunition, right? You don't want anything put on that bulletin board before the right. game to give you extra motivation. And I'm like, this is, I guarantee you, they're going to be playing this clip. In the Suns locker room before every fucking game. And what happened? We win the rest of the games. We absolutely <laughs> fucking shit stomp them. Three games in a row after that. We win 4-2. Uh, LeBron just walks off the court. Doesn't even say GG to anybody as per norm. Great winner there. Um, so yeah, fuck Laker fans. Um, you guys suck. <laughs> we won. Get wrecked. And... Our our second best player got like injured in the first game, so we were really worried that he just wouldn't be up to snuff. But after a couple games, it started getting better, so we started absolutely shitting on them. Uh, so after that, the second round began where we played the Denver Nuggets, 
who are the three seed, and it, you could call it the Suns Nuggets series, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it ended yesterday. We swept them. It was 4-0. Every game, basically, was a complete mega stomp. We were up like 20-30 in one of those games, too. So the Suns... And this one wasn't, I mean, okay, 4-0 was a surprise, but I figured we would, if we could get past the first round, we'd go to the Western Conference Finals easily because I thought we matched mm-hmm. up really well against Denver and they're missing one of their main players. But So we are now in the Western Conference Finals, which hasn't happened in 11 years. I was working at GoDaddy as tech support, fucking miserable. I wasn't in esports at all other than being a failed Counter-Strike player at the time. And what do you think about the company named GoDaddy? It's terrible. Everything about... I could go on a huge tangent of how much I hate that company. They tried to... like You know when you apply for a job and they try to... Sometimes, it depends on the culture, I guess. They try to brainwash you, right? Like, Mm -hmm. oh, you're tech support, but occasionally you'll sell some stuff, you know, but only if they need it. But in reality, you have to hit quotas, right? And I was the best person in terms of the tech support. I actually won an award. I was the valedictorian at the time. Uh-huh. I was so good at tech support, but you know me, I can't sell for shit because I can't lie to people. I'm really bad at it. Right. And they would make me try to like sell website stuff to like 80-year-old hags that don't even know how to turn on their fucking computer, for God's sake. So ended up quitting uh-huh. eventually. Anyway, so the Suns are in the Western Conference Finals, Cinderin. We don't even know who we're playing yet because it's going to be between the Utah Jazz and the uh, LA Clippers, and that series is 2-2. So at minimum we won't play for another six days so basically a week from now so that gives us right. a lot of rest so so you might be home yeah so if i get i mean a hundred percent i'm going to a game when i get home uh so that's gonna be pretty fucking hype it's been a while how so. easy is it to get a ticket right now that's a good question i don't know i might have to spend okay. quite a bit of money though uh which i'm not only thinking about what it costs but whether they're sold out I mean, because the U.S. has COVID under, you know, you've improved a lot in the last few months. I mean, the arena is like 90% capacity open. So it's basically okay. all open. But yeah, it's it's all about just finding, it's going to be sold out, but it's more about buying a ticket from somebody. Like they'll, see. you know, they jack up the prices because it's limited. Mm-hmm. And if you have the money, just put it, you know, I mean, it's not going to be great seats probably, but I don't give a shit. Watching the clips has made me like very nostalgic because, um, yeah, it's just really loud crowd. It's been really awesome. So, Are you yeah. going to bring Nikki and get her scared shitless again? <laughs> yeah, except this time everybody else will also be a maniac. So right. I'll fit more in. And actually, she's apparently been screaming at home, scaring the cats watching the games. Oh. While I have had to be dead fucking silent at 5 a.m. So I don't wake up Rich, who had a room next to me. So going to be pretty happy to be home. But yeah, that's the NBA update. And yeah, looking forward to see if we can go any further in the playoffs. Good luck, Shannon. I'm cheering you. for you. I Thank hope you, you win. I do. And too. I hope you know that if the team wins, it's largely your effort that did it. Yeah, I agree. It's been a good effort. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. You're uh, welcome. Okay. And before we get, actually get started with the episode, just a really quick Suns fan recommends. Um, I watched this second season on the plane, but have you ever, did we? Maybe I did this before. Have you heard of a show called Ragnarok? Norwegian yes. Netflix series. So watch, heard of that. watch season two, and I would recommend it. I thought season one was probably a little bit better, but still a good show. Uh, it's cool to see like some of these foreign uh, series 
have just really high production quality. Like I'm not used to that. A lot of times it's just really? not up to snuff from, you know. I mean, I guess Dark was pretty high production value as well, but I'd say in my experience, Scandinavian cinema is really good. And maybe I just haven't watched enough as well. But yeah, so. Ragnarok is about like Norse mythology, so like Thor, Odin, stuff mm-hmm. like that, but more right. modern day. So it's, I think it's cool. I like it. Not amazing, cool. but it's good. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, let's get started with the actual episode and the animator, Cinderman. Yeah. So I guess we can just talk about first the playoffs since we talked about everything else, right? In the last episode. Pretty much. And then we can talk yeah. about our experiences. So I'm going to bring up an image mm-hmm. on screen that will show the bracket so we can talk about that at the very least. So all right. You t- you talk to me what you want to talk about. Well, um I think so hang on, let me just open it up myself as well so I have it more easily ready. <laughs> easily available. So uh we cast a lot of games obviously. Um I guess we'll talk about that second. So let's look at results first. So last time when we had AUI, we were all the groups were done. So yeah, like you said, literally just playoffs. And we had some predictions. Uh, you predicted two teams from NA top four. I predicted two teams from China top three. And we were both as close as possible while being wrong. Mm. An NA team was one game away from top four, which would have made two NA teams top four. And a Chinese team was one game away from top three, which would have made two Chinese teams top three. So yeah. Um, Pat on the back to both of us. It was a good try, good effort, but not quite there. Um, so the story of the whole tournament, obviously, if you if you don't want spoilers, make sure you skip this or mute now. We will talk about winners. If you're watching video, it has already been spoiled. Apologies. Uh, oh, true. Right, you're showing that. But yeah, if you're watching video, then uh, go back in time and don't watch. Okay. <laughs> uh, so the story of the tournament pretty much was PSG LGD were amazing and seemingly pretty much unstoppable. They lost a couple of games, but they never lost a series, all tournament. They came in in the group stage, they got three draws and won four games, or four series. Uh, so four two o's and three three uh, three 2-2s, and then they got into main event. They 2-0'd, they 2-1'd, they 2-1'd, and they 3-0'd. And the finals was very one-sided, except one game. LGD were just so good. Yep. Uh, um, Really getting like wings vibes from them, so I'm excited going into TI to see if they can keep the momentum going. If they can, they are definitely the favorites for the tournament. If they can play like this, uh, it was amazing to watch. Very refreshing. Um, second place, Evil Geniuses uh, took a longer road. They got middle of the pack in the groups, so they started lower bracket, and they just won all the way to the finals. They two out no ping esports. They two or sorry two one. Then they 2-1 TNC Predator, 2-0 Team Nigma, 2-1 Vici Gaming, and then 2-1 T1. So a lot of games EG had to go through to get to the finals and get smashed, but they still got second, which is a very, very good result. Um, positive surprise, T1 got third uh, from SEA. They had a shorter road. They started in the playoffs and won two series. That's top three. Um, they beat Aster and Quincy, and then they lost 2-1 to PSG LGD and arguably were the team that challenged them the most in a way. Um, depending on what you do, how you look at it. And we got some, I think this was something recent in an interview uh, with Zhao Ed, the coach of PSGLGD, said that they had been scrimming against T1 and got stomped. And that was like a wake-up call for their team. So I think they actually learned a lot and maybe won the tournament because they had practiced against this T1 team that turned out to be really good. Um, so that's some interesting background. 
what else do we want to cover? Fourth, fifth. Um, fourth place went to Vici Gaming. They lost to EG 2 to 1. And fifth, sixth, rather, was Quincy Crew and Team Nigma. So as it stands now, I guess we should quickly bring up the CPC standings. Yeah. Um, I think I have it all here. South I America, man. South America. So if for if my memory serves me right, Nigma needed a finals appearance to make it directly to TI. Yes. And if they didn't, yeah. then was they it Thunder Predator made it? Yeah. So they I have the top result. 12 here, so we can quickly say in order who gets to go. So okay. in first place in DPC, Evil Geniuses with 1550 points. They got two second places places at the majors. And I think one first place in their division and one second place in their division in DPC. Virtus Pro are second with 1,200. PSG LGD are third with 1,200. Quincy Crew are fourth with 1,100. Invictus Gaming fifth, 1,100. T1 sixth. Team Secret seventh. Vici Gaming eighth. Aster ninth. Alliance tenth. Beast Coast eleventh. And Thunder Predator twelfth. So that means that from NA we have... Two direct invites in EG and Quincy. From CIS, we have one team only in Virtus Pro. From China, we have four teams, LGD, Vici, Aster, and uh, IG. From SEA, we have one team in T1. And from Europe, we have two teams in... Wait, where's Secret here? Oh, there is. Secret and Alliance. And from SA, we have two teams in Beast Coast and Thunder Predator. So the only regions with currently one slot allocated to them are SEA and CIS. Um, So they will be the least represented regions at the International. The final six slots go to one per region, which means there will be five Chinese teams this year, three EU, three NA, and... Right. Uh, so let let's talk. That was a lot um, of talk. <laughs> okay, just just to round up my thoughts on the games, mm-hmm. even though I have the graphic for the TI placements now, but mm-hmm. I thought Quincy Crew should have beat T one, and I think both of them actually had easier routes because of the way that the playoff structure was set up, to where they didn't mm-hmm. have to play teams coming in from the group stage, which the group stage teams just shit on everybody that was upper bracket to begin with, right? Uh, yeah. Quincy Crew, I think they, if I'm not mistaken, it was game three that they should have like definitively won. They had a won. big lead and lost to T1. Yeah, so yeah. that was kind of a big mistake from them, obviously, but they get a lot of valuable experience overall. I think the big surprise, again, it was kind of a bold prediction. I did pick VP to win, and they just got dumpstered right away. Uh, Alliance got dumpstered right away. So looking at this list now for TI, like you said, so we have, uh, is it we have two South American teams and Beast Coast and Thunder Predator. And the reason that they made it in is because of the placements of Team Nigma and I forget what other team that Beast Coast needed to get eliminated. But so that's two right. teams, which means three teams from South America, which I think most people feel is the weakest region. Uh, mm-hmm. And then in the meantime, EU, which honestly, Cinderin, I hate to say it, EUs look like garbage at the major. Alliance yeah. gets in overall. I mean, Secret, this obviously no issue with Secret getting in because they were so dominant for so long uh, while TI mm-hmm. was like postponed and all that. But Alliance getting in without winning one single game, if I'm not mistaken, at either major. Is that correct? 
like in they terms did not of playoffs. win a series. Series. Oh, yeah, that's right. They did win yeah. a game. So they get in just because of the DPC placement. So a lot of people are upset that, I mean, the rules are in place. So it's not like anything's going to change. But it's just mm-hmm. an interesting thing to think about. Um, it was something that, you know, people can't really be surprised that this happens because I think it was pretty obvious from the way it is by design, right? And there was criticism back then about the design when the the whole system was announced. Uh, and the arguments are pretty much the same. But I think now that the season is played out, it's more apparent what it meant, right? So to to explain, if you get first in your region, you get 500 DPC points. So that is just the, the play-in from your region alone. And winning the major also gives 500 DPC points. So that means in terms of overall points, you're saying that this premier international event has the same value as just beating your region. Now, the reason Valve did it like this is to guarantee that there's representation from all regions. Because mathematically, you can't have a region unrepresented like this because they will always have a lot of points from their own division, right? There will always be an SA team that has minimum 500 points from winning, and there will always be minimum two teams that have at least 500, Mm. or one team that has way more than 500, right? Because there's two seasons, and there will be a winner every time in that local division, just to give an example. So what is happening here is that these SA teams have split the region in terms of points uh, in a good way for them to get two slots. And CIS hasn't because VP won both times. So they are the only representative from that region. Um, And then obviously the hope of the system and what would make it nice would be that every region shows good form at the major, but you have no way of guaranteeing that. Mm. And therefore you do have the situation where Alliance, who has good place in EU, but bad major placements are still going directly to TI because they won their region. Um, and then it's debatable whether that's fair or not, but ultimately a team with zero major wins is going directly to TI from winning their region. If you did it the old way, where the regionals gave zero points and were literally just a qualifier uh, to the major and all of the DPC points were in the majors or the minors as we had back then, uh, we would have had a different result in some spots. A team like Alliance would not be directly qualified, and a team like Nigma would, because they got high enough placements at the major to um, get enough points that way. So basically, so that is the whole. Yeah. To sum it up, from the EU perspective, yeah. the teams that have to battle it out. I'm only going to say the top three because they're the most known: is OG, Liquid, and Nigma. Only one of those three teams will go to TI. I think yes. that that's a real shame. Um, but again, like, it's a shame. It, it but feels you like could the... have the perspective again, right? It's a shame, but you could argue they should have done better in the season, then, right? Like that's well, of course they didn't beat their own region, so yeah. I, there, there's going to be a counter argument, right? You can be like, yeah, it's a shame they don't go, but at the same time, why should OG go when they haven't qualified for majors? Why should um, why they, should Liquid go if OG when they doesn't uh, mm-hmm. qualify for TI ten? And then wins TI eleven. Is that three TIs in a row for them? <laughs> no. How does that work? That is, but it's a next level way of thinking. <laughs> We're not so good this year, guys. Let's just not qualify. I mean, we'll talk about them in a moment uh, as well because uh, that they got some major changes. Some but, news. Yeah. But yeah, I, I feel like this DPC season was just kind of like a beta. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they just and need to work out a lot of these kinks. The consensus is that this format is not good. I think overall there are some pros to it but more cons. We don't like that teams go in and start directly in the playoffs and don't play for a week while other teams grind through the group stage. And the only reason they start higher 
is that they got one higher placement in their own region. Mm. So, for example, Alliance, by being first in EU, didn't have to play groups at all, whereas Team Secret had to go through uh, Wildcard. Oh, well, sorry, they didn't make it, so that was a bad example. What other EU team was there even? There was Liquid. only Enigma and Liquid. Liquid and Enigma, right? So Liquid play, have to play through the groups. They didn't make it. Enigma uh, did. They got out of Wildcard and then also out of groups but yeah. like they have to go through this meat grinder whereas alliance because they won one more series in the regionals just skip all of that and start an upper bracket which can be both good and bad in fairness but yeah by design all these teams should play groups there's a lot of games we never get to see and it just doesn't really make sense to me um and then there's the whole point distribution where the consensus i'm gathering overall is that people think it's fine that the regional leagues give points but the major should be worth more like mm. it could be worth twice as much and it would be fine. If you made it worth twice as much, then getting fifth, sixth at the major is worth more than winning your regional division. And I don't think that sounds unfair. Um, yep. I mean, I think we're on the same page. We've talked about this so many times before. That you get a TI with zero. All right. We're having some lag. I'm going to pause the video. Okay, and we're back because my internet is complete mm -hmm. dog right now. Uh, okay, but anyway, we're basically Ruff. done talking about uh, the placements of the actual tournament and TI. Uh, and I think next we can just talk about our thoughts on the major itself, Cinderin. Uh, mm -hmm. Did you right. have fun, young man? Any stories you'd like yeah. to share? So, well, <laughs> so first of all, the set... And everything was amazing. I think we played it a really good job with um, just the overall setting of everything, the way things were designed, the theme, the editing, the content that they did. I wish they did a little more content, and I think they did, but a lot of it didn't get aired. I'm not sure why, because of limitations of time or editing or whatever. But there were a uh, couple overall, things really, that they really well cut, and it was I was very thankful that they cut them. We won't talk about it, but. Right, but we there were, were a lot of other, there were some other segments that I believe Slacks recorded, for example, that just didn't get aired. I believe. Yeah, um, I, I think what they did for most of the content that he made, they ended up airing it on like in between the grand finals and lower brackets. And I'm like, why, right. why don't you just like, you know, put them, scatter them in throughout every day? Because he has so much shit. Like he was just sitting there doing nothing mm -hmm. most of the time because he'd already made all his content. Yeah, he could have definitely had more stuff, but overall. Very, very good. Um, and as far as it was being talent at the event, I think they took care of us just fine. Um, I had a bad incident, which wasn't really directly connected with them, but uh, a couple of pe people during the event had some issues with food, um, which meant that there was one day I didn't work because I wasn't feeling well. Um, but outside of that, which I can't really directly blame them for because it's like, I don't really know how it happened and who it happened to and exactly why and whatnot, but there were a little bit of food problems. Um, but as, aside from that, everything was very good. So can't complain. Yep. Pretty much the same for me. Uh, trying to think if I have any stories. I feel like I mean, we played a lot of ping pong together. Um, yeah. You actually were beating me. The first me. couple of days. I, every game was close. And I told you I've had a ping pong injury for quite a while, so I'm just going to stick to that being the reason that uh, you ended up winning some of those matches. Uh, I believe yes. Nico Baby challenged us, uh, but he never ended up playing me, and I think you beat him handily, if I'm not mistaken. He beat me. 
Oh, was he really in good? A close, it was a close game to 11. He beat me, I think, 11 9. 11. Or, or maybe oh. it was. He beat me by two. I think we might even have played extended. Okay, I see. It was very close. He was good. But yeah, the event overall for me fun. was a lot of fun. Obviously, I mean, I posted some of this on social media, but it was nice to, you know, with COVID and all that, nice to be able to hang out with people again. Yes. Um, obviously, right. I'm vaccinated, so I feel pretty safe in general. I don't know how if that was different for you. I thought they did a pretty good job, like as good as you can probably ask for yeah, it. Like they did a Ukraine. very good job with COVID safety. Like it's not going to be like Singapore because Singapore is more government sanctioned stuff that you literally can't do stuff. Uh, but you know, for the most part, we just couldn't leave the hotel. Uh, the only time we were outside is when we would get off the shuttle to go into the arena, essentially. So just like yeah. thirty seconds a day. Uh, but like you said, the the stage was unbelievably good. Uh, I always have fun working yeah. with the We Play guys. Food, generally not great. Was not a fan of the hotel food at all. I I so they have these things called pancakes, right? They call them pancakes, <laughs> but they're really crepes, okay? And they love filling stuff with cream cheese in this country. And I mean, as much as I love cream cheese, it it hurts my gut at times, okay? And I would still occasionally have these pancakes with cream cheese and i put like this cherry jam over it right which i enjoyed quite thoroughly right the final day comes and i'm like you know what i haven't had this in a while let me have some pancakes put the jam on it i sit next to lacoste and dendy and they're both looking at me like i'm crazy for some reason and because they're looking at my plate and they see jam on this thing i take a bite what's inside it's beef there's fucking beef in the pancakes I don't understand how that's a thing. Uh, how? It's actually it's not that uncommon a thing in Europe, but I guess it is in the US. You guys are insane. Like Seriously. But I will say, so there's like two standard types of pancakes, right? There's the the sweet pancakes, which is similar to yours. They're generally like a little bit thicker, and then they will you will have them with like jam or sugar or fruit, stuff like that, right? Like blueberry pancakes or whatever. Very standard stuff and then there's the other type which is a little more like crepes like you said and then you will usually fill those with some sort of beef or whatever it's kind of it's like pseudo tortillas right not really but in that direction as like a dinner pancake with meat it was uh, breakfast that is time a thing not only. just want to say that it was breakfast time still it's like 10 Wait, in it was the morning. for breakfast yes it was okay, for breakfast that is, that is kind of strange. and they had the label and that. it said pancakes and there was no mention of beef telling you that's how it went i was quite surprised that is that is pretty weird but at I'm least i entertained dendy for a little bit there so that was good um but yeah i will say about the about the hotel food uh sometimes it was lackluster uh but at the venue itself they took good care of us they like uh they helped us out with getting other food that we wanted ordering different stuff uh there was a lot of like coffee and cocoa runs and whatever so they took very good care of the talent at the event to try to like accommodate us and our wishes. And so I feel like I've nice. talked about this. They before. were definitely very clearly trying to make it a good experience. So oh yeah, the the staff was great. was great. Like people like Artem and yeah, Valerie. Really people, nice. yeah. people don't know who these people Super are, but good. like Valerie especially because I've worked with her so many different times now. But she's really good at, you know, people complain all the time, so she's very good at uh, appeasing everybody. But I finally got to have the uh, the stuffed crust pizza with cream cheese in the crust instead mm -hmm. and of mozzarella, and it's good shit. I had to take my lactate pills, of course, so I wouldn't shit myself at the event, uh, but that, that was good. 
And then, of course, the final thing, we got to cast together at a LAN, which is the only time we've ever nice. done that is at Captain's Draft, which yeah. obviously I was spent my entire bank account funding. Uh, so I chose the talent. <laughs> so in terms of <laughs> other people choosing the talent, this was a first. Uh, but that was, yeah, that, that was a lot of fun. So and we overall we got a lot of positive feedback, so that was super nice. Like people were very, very nice, um, and a lot. We got so many wishes to get us to, to TI together, and especially for you to get to work there again, which has been a lot of years. So really crossing our fingers that that is going to happen. Um, but I would say overall, like just judging from the feedback that we've got, the vast majority of people really enjoyed what we did, and that's obviously a good sign. That, yeah, and I think from that we're funny. Well, not everybody thinks we're funny, but uh, no. I think from my perspective, and I can understand, like I was reading some of the negative comments because it's always good to kind of mm -hmm. bring yourself down, back down to earth, which I right. probably do too much at times. But like, I think my play-by-play -play is not great, but it did. I think it did get better as the event went on. And mm -hmm. I think for the most part, the way that I look at it, I'm not too hard on myself because I just haven't cast very much. <laughs> like if you take, right. first of all, you should never compare me to OD. We're not the same kind of caster anyway, but... Like the amount of games that I have cast versus some of these other guys, it's like probably 10%. So I think it right. just takes some time because I feel like the mechanics are there for the most part. But I have to say, Cinderin, I don't know if you felt the same way, but like we've always had good chemistry. I feel like the chemistry was better than normal because of the podcast because we just talk regularly now. Do you feel the same way? Yeah. I, th I think so. I mean, it just makes sense, right? If you're talking to people more and you're like, especially in that kind of setting, where you're having a conversation just as two people for like extended periods of time, you like just get on the same wavelength with like diction and what you say and what kind of jokes work and you have like references. But I think something we did a good job at was that we didn't make like a lot of internal jokes, right? It was jokes that people would get if they had followed the tournament. We weren't like referring a lot to like podcast only stuff or whatever for like one percent of the audience to enjoy like most of the stuff that we talked about was inherently either like generic humor that you could understand if you, you know live or something related to the game and dota so you're so saying the people that didn't, it didn't like become, it were corpses <laughs> it didn't become uh it didn't become like a podcast right like some people said it was amazing and it was really fun because it felt like it was like the podcast but in an official broadcast um and i, I think what they mean by that or at least the way i agree with that is that it's in the sense of like our conversational style where we're not strictly just casting the game in the very uh, defined style with expert and play by play and then you like take turns and that's how things go and it's very like mechanical we're a bit more like organic we're just two guys watching the game together having fun cracking jokes at shit while still you know talking about the details and the overall like play by play and stuff so we have like an a, how to say it? we have like our own version of dota casting which i think is different and very like it's nice to have something yeah just have some variance right in the in this in the space because yeah a lot of casting is very defined right and we're trying to make it a little bit more casual and a little bit more fun um and that's obviously not for everyone so the people that really want that traditional hardcore dota cast uh will probably not be their favorites but for a lot of the casual people that just tune in want to have a laugh um yeah i think like this is then the, like i i personally like if let's say they were to want me to do or us to do grand finals, I would have didn't. I would have said no because I actually don't think that we should be doing, personally at least, not me specifically, uh, because mm -hmm. I feel like 
you know, there is a certain hype that is needed for the ultimate of the ultimate. But at the same time, you know, there's always been this rhetoric that this style of casting isn't good for like TI. And I would actually argue the opposite. I really disagree with because that. Because when think about TI, this is the only marketing that Valve does for Dota 2. More new people watch TI than they do during any part of the year, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like this style caters, I mean, obviously it caters to other people as well, or else we wouldn't have people that are supporting us. But I think it caters a lot to newer players as well because right. they don't like they're not going to miss as much you know so i don't know it's always been this this battle of hey there's not one way to cast games this is a stylistic choice this is how i prefer to do it like i've said this before Sundaran. obviously you've been a co-caster for so many different people now so you've been on both sides but like mm-hmm. if i really wanted to become I don't want to make this sound negative for everybody else because there's a lot of really good talent, obviously. If I wanted to be like everybody else, I think I could if I put in the work. But I don't, I've mm-hmm. never wanted to be. <laughs> you know, I'd right. like to have, like, I want to have fun while I'm casting. I have fun just talking to you like it's, you know, like we're just having a long conversation. And then, yeah, as long as we don't go off in too many tangents, which I think I used to do like way more, I've cut back on it big time. But you got to have some right. of it. You know, gotta have some of that. I stuff. think we find we, we're like finding a balance where you're not like being in the eyes of people that really want to watch the Dota that it doesn't appear to them like you're being disrespectful to the game itself by just right. talking about what you had for breakfast instead of like the actual game, right? It's like <laughs> I I think I've said this before in the podcast, but I have this experience when I watch stuff, I have more fun watching people that that have fun, right? And I just think there's something organic about enjoying yourself. And uh, some broadcasting that I watched very early on that I very much enjoyed, and I think is to many people is the golden standard of broadcasting is Tasteless and Artosis, right? Which a lot of people will refer to as maybe the best commentating duo of all time. Yeah. And they were not like strict about the games. That was also a lot of like banter and random jokes and stories and shit while still talking seriously about the game. And if if you're watching this podcast or listening to it and you haven't really checked out the broadcast, like we're probably also laying it on a little bit thick here compared to what it really was, because I think we do the game justice. Like we still talk about what's happening and take the team seriously and cast the fights the way that they're happening. But during downtime in the games or when not so much is happening or when something really funny is happening, just running with that moment is enjoyable for us. Like we're not forcing fun when we're casting. We're fun because it's fun to us. So I think that's really nice that it's organic like that and that you're not like shoehorning in a joke because you feel like you have to make a joke or avoiding making a joke because you're not allowed to. You know, we're just, yeah. something is funny, let's talk about why or, it's funny. I like the thing I think hate, of something in the moment, just to so. wrap it up my thoughts at least, the, mm-hmm. like from a play-by-play perspective, I hate overhyping moments. Mm-hmm. If the game is like a 30k net worth lead and they're fu- like. I'm not going to call it like it's the TI deciding game. If it's a TI deciding game and that's happening, sure. But it, I don't know. I, I can't fake fucking hype casting. It, I just can't right. do it. I'm, I think I'm incapable actually, but that's just me. Probably. And I don't think, and I don't think that's a problem. I think, you know, a lot of the time the audience also knows, like you don't have to, I personally don't think you have to pretend or how to say, 
you want to do the team's justice, right? And if one team is getting stomped, then that's the story of the game. It's not disrespectful to a team to say that they're losing hard if they're losing hard. Like, everyone can see it. It's not a secret that when you're 30k behind minute 40, you're probably losing. Yeah. And then, like, you can hold on to whatever hope they have in one specific thing, but it, the game is, you know, speaking for itself a lot of the time. So, um, and there there are moments in games that are not particularly interesting or where the and where teams fuck up and then that's funny like then that's a fuck up and yeah that's yep i i think we've uh we've pretty much covered it but it's interesting it's definitely interesting and like you said i i also want to emphasize like i don't think like the different casting styles we have in dota i don't think people following this like more strict play-by-play slash uh expert role is bad it's just we have a lot of that and we have our own personal like preference and style, but that doesn't mean theirs is objectively worse or that it caters to less or other people. Um, but I think having the variety and us being able to do things our way is a really good thing um, overall. Yep. Couldn't have said so. it better myself. Okay. We somehow spent 40 minutes. Well, actually that's not true. Probably half an hour since I talked about the NBA for 10 minutes, but uh, on the not bad. major, but yeah, so a lot of fun. Let's move on. If you see me going, yeah. oh, you don't see me, but for the viewers, if they see me going back and forth, this hotel room is a fucking disaster, okay? I'm not going to talk about all the problems I'm having, but my laptop keeps unplugging, so I have to keep trying to get it to plug back in. <laughs> I don't understand how that's even remotely possible, but pretty low on battery, uh, so you'll see me going back and forth. But, Senator, let's quickly okay. talk about the Dota Plus update summer 2021 because we missed a lot of stuff right. in the last couple of weeks. This one's mm-hmm. going to be a quick one, but you get the high fives back. Uh, you get guild banners. Uh, they're getting refreshed, essentially. The Dota Plus seasonal treasure, which I'm not even going to show because they're all not great, in my opinion. If I don't make a video on a chest, it means it ain't good. That's yeah. how I feel about it now. Uh, the seasonal quests and the guild rewards have been refreshed as well, so you can get more shards. <laughs> uh, yep. And... Then they announced the dates technically for the qualifiers for TI. So yep, it's going to be between June 23rd and July 10th for, you know, that combines all the regions essentially, uh, but they go yeah. in order. So, so Eastern Europe, which is CIS region and the other countries around CIS is, and South America, June 23 to 26. So the entire qualifiers run four days per region. That's really fast that they're executing this. So EEU and SA is June 23 to 26. NA and SCA is June 30 to July 3rd. And CNEU is July 7th till July 10th. So also four four days for China and Europe in the end. And that means that there's about a month between the qualifiers are over and TI. So the big question I think a lot of people have on their minds, when is the patch coming? Is that before these qualifiers that are in a week or is it immediately after and before TI, which would be in a month? almost um will be interesting to see i feel like if the patch is going to come out before the qualifiers they need to drop it today or tomorrow thursday the absolute latest during the esl broadcast in other words (laughs) yeah i mean they've done it before yeah so yep no doubt i mean it's not going to be a huge one but yep so let's move on to esl one summer 2021 uh as i said i am going to be attending that event it was essentially some people backed out I, I don't know how far in advance they did talents, but or talent, but some people backed out, and obviously I was in EU, so they asked me, Jenkins, 
Tsunami, Lacoste, T-Governor, and AUI to come. I believe Purge is also coming. And then Cap and yep. Kyle are doing a remote. So should be a lot of fun we have alliance gambit secret og liquid quincy crew enigma t1 vp tundra viking and team unique so kind of a mix of the eu teams that you're used to seeing but then sprinkled in with some teams that were obviously at the major that don't necessarily want to uh go back home immediately so we get to see quincy crew t1 so that's pretty cool Excited to see that. Um, a bit surprising that none of the Chinese teams ended up playing this because some of them are staying, yeah. from what I understood, and not going back. Mm-hmm. But might have been a communication thing or a last-minute decision from them or something happened so that they are not going back. And therefore, it was too late to get them into the tournament. But would have obviously been cool for a big tournament like this to also have Chinese representation. Um, pretty big prize pool, though, you got to say. They're playing for four hundred grand um, yep. in a between major and ti tournaments so this is no joke first place gets 175k which is a very big percentage that's about i don't know what's that let's do some quick maths here that is 43.75 percent of the entire prize pool for first place you know how i feel about prize distributions i feel like that's too top heavy yeah yeah i would agree the, the finals is second place gets less than half of first that is pretty crazy to me but they're just copying uh, valve Syndrome. Can't blame yeah, him. So. But this will be my worth uh, a lot that way. This will be my first ever ESL event. Uh-huh. Ever. And last. Probably. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's only down from here, as as Kyle himself said. Uh, once I got that Reddit thread, it's all downhill. So yeah, it, it should be a lot of fun. I mean, get to hang out with some of the talent that was at uh the major, obviously, yeah. for an extended period. So mm-hmm. yeah, gonna have fun. Okay. Real sausage party up in that one. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, we have the next thing on the list. OG has made some changes. So Anna has retired. I'm just going to read the post. Anna has decided to no longer compete in Dota 2. It was truly a great honor to play with you and have you by our side, friend. By you, wait. And have you by our side, my friend. Thank you for everything you have done for us. Uh, and he makes makes a little bit post there as well. And then not too long after Cinderin, they have announced, in pure OG fashion, our road to qualify to TI this year is not the smoothest. A king's help will be more than welcome. Sumail has accepted to once again hop on our train and give us a royal hand. Welcome back, king. So Sumail replaces Anna. Your thoughts? That's pretty big news. Although, yeah, we heard a lot of rumblings at the major. This was probably going to happen anyway. Right. So, Samail, so uh, for those who forgot or weren't around, Samail did actually have a short stint with OG during uh, COVID. But because of limitations with travel and everything, they ended up uh, parting ways. Uh, it didn't seem like it was because of bad chemistry or whatever, but it just didn't really work for them. Um, but now things seem to be shaping up for them and they're bringing him back. Uh, they looked really good with Samail, but they didn't get to play a LAN. Um, mm. And now we'll see if they obviously... First of all, they're playing ESL one summer, right? So that will be Samail's first showing on LAN with this team? Uh, and, okay. Or is it only the production that's on LAN? Yeah, I think it's... Okay, I don't actually know this for... Yeah, no, I'm pretty positive. It's just production and talent that right. are at the LAN. So they're playing... Okay, so instead of saying they're playing a LAN, they're playing a major tournament against a lot of really good teams. So you can 
let's talk about it from that perspective then. Right. So and they're, they're playing a lot of good essentially teams. Essentially, they're and together. And then they're playing TI right? qualifiers. Right. And they're on boot camp, I believe, which is yeah. what Sumail was unable to do back then, I believe. He was not able to boot camp with them. So he was playing from NA in all of their matches. Right. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. I think that was the, the yep. case. I think that's so correct. So now they're together and that is a land setting for them because they are on land. Um, so that will be interesting to see how they do. And then obviously the TI qualifiers are coming up. We've talked about them. That will be OG's big thing in the near future. And there's a lot riding on that, obviously. The community's expectations for this team are very mixed now. Uh, it went from previous year they were like considered amazing and now it's like uh oh you know are you even gonna make it mm -hmm. and others are like okay Samael is back they're gonna own this qualifier and stomp everyone my personal verdict is i have literally no clue that is my statement on this i am so, just as curious as a lot of people to see how this qualifier is just gonna go i have no idea who's gonna win like literally no clue so, so that's very exciting the the verdict from people I've talked to, like AUI, who's a huge Sumail fan, obviously, since they won TI together, yeah. is that Sumail was really good as position one. Obviously, he's, He was good in OG. He's known he for position two. And the question is, can he make that transition? Because we've, we've seen this story before. It hasn't worked out too well. Nigma with Miracle when Weeha mm -hmm. was playing mid. Uh, and I've seen it firsthand with Weeha trying to play position one back in the day. And we had to have Resolution make the switch. And he had the better time with it. Um, well, Nigma did get second at TI with Weeha mid, so it wasn't true. like only bad. That's true. It was that's just true. It was after TI that things didn't work out so well. That's but a good point. It worked for a while. Yeah. T second at TI is a great result. Yeah. So. So I mean, but still, we have yet to see this mm -hmm. again, like in a major tournament, essentially, which this right. basically is. So, yeah, it should. I mean, it's exciting to say the least, because I mean, again, back to our conversation about EU uh, teams like Liquid. Nigma and OG, only one of them gets to go to TI. And yeah, I mean, do you think there's any scenario where somebody else beats them, like a Viking? Yes, there is. That's crazy. what's crazy about it. Because, like, think about it the qualifiers are four days. If some team has a really good idea and defines the meta, it's very short time you have to catch up. If you look at what happened at the major we just watched, some of the teams that really defined the group stage. Yes, some teams adapted, but others didn't manage to catch up in time and got knocked out. They, you, they were like showing signs of figuring out what was happening, mm. but then it was too late. And if that happens here, then you, who knows? Like, to me, I guess thinking twice about it when I said I have no idea who's going to win, I think my favorite is Nigma. But, you know, these teams at home have been practicing all sorts of stuff that Nigma might not know about that they faced at the major. Uh, and they're playing them in two and a half weeks for the most important tournament of the year for them. Um, so that's pretty crazy. What I'm showing and it's double on, elim, right? What I'm There's showing on group screen stage. is the double elim bracket. So we can actually talk yeah. about the matchups real quick as part of our yeah. talk here. Uh, it looks like, I mean, theoretically, again, you're going to be a little bit more familiar with like the tundras of the world. I think they still have snaking, if I'm not mistaken. But liquid yeah. looks to be in better position to get to the upper bracket finals because Nigma has to run to OG and Viking potentially. I mean, that top half of the bracket just looks more difficult. Would you agree with that? Like um, on paper, at least. But then, it, like Liquid didn't look good at the yeah. major, so maybe they don't even get out of there themselves. I'm not sure. And I guess at the end, I don't know how much it matters how hard your bracket looks because there's one slot, so you need to beat everyone. Yep. Um, I it it's probably 
it's probably better to have an easier side of the bracket, but it matters a lot less than, say, two teams went through. Then having a good side is really, really nice, right? But, yeah. It's uh, it's crazy. And that's just EU, which is obviously the biggest story for us because we have more of like a connection with the region and the teams. You're connected with NA to an extent, but they just, no disrespect to anyone, do not have this quality of teams that aren't already in. The two really good NA teams are in. That's Quincy and EG. And now it's most likely going to be possibly Undying or Four Zoomers that take the third spot. That will be the NA qualifier for the most part. Yeah, almost um, certainly one of those two. But then in... You also have China, which we haven't really talked about. There are some serious teams there, too. Um, there's like RNG, Elephant, E-Home uh, that have a lot of familiar faces for most people. I guess the other teams have less known players, but are still really good. And I guess the team that a lot of people from the Western scene want to see make it through is Elephant, because they have FY and Paparazzi and maybe Yang and Zuper. What mm. a fucking team, though. Uh, Ehome with Silar, XM, Chalice, Fade, and Xnova. That's also a lot of players that the Western team scene will know. And then the rest of the teams are less known internationally in terms of players, but that's another region that's just stacked for one slot. Yeah, it's crazy. It's gonna be hype. It's gonna be hype to watch some of yeah. this Dota for sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's finish up with some other game topics that won't take too long. Uh, yeah. This one was from last week, but we couldn't talk about because of AUI being on the show. I'm like, well, we could have, I guess, but I don't think he'd be interested. Uh, Valorant. Right. Mm-hmm. They finally had their first, and I watched this because this was before we started casting. I got to watch it in full. The Valorant Champions Tour 2021, the Masters at, how do you say this? Is it Reykjavik? Reykjavik. Sure. In Iceland? Yeah. Yes. Um, Icelandic no, capital. This was interesting because basically... In, far as i could see zero talent other than like maybe an interview person went to iceland it was all remote and they were all sent like either they went to like a remote studio or they had their own stuff sent to them for like green screens but basically no talent went it was just teams and that's very strange first of all i have to say as you guys know i've been playing uh valorant for a decent amount of time now and been watching watching is a lot of fun and there's a North American team that we've talked about briefly named Sentinels. And historically speaking, from a Counter-Strike perspective, NA has always been pretty weak compared to EU. Like it's always they've had been like the they've had their moments with like Cloud9 and Team Liquid, but for the most part. Right. Yeah. Almost like almost every single case, EU is gonna be better. Um, so this Sentinels team is has been the number one in NA for quite a while. And then they obviously had that drama that we talked about with Sinatra. Uh, where they mm-hmm. basically had to, I guess, kick him, or at least uh, get a substitute for the time being. And the substitute is Tens, who originally came from Cloud9 and was just continued to be under contract for them as a streamer. He's considered, even before that, the best player in Valorant. So they they swapped him in. He plays the exact same role as Sinatra, and he went fucking beast mode. In this bracket, it's a double elimination bracket, Sentinels went through and did not lose one map the entire way. They 2-0'd, 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 and 3-0'd. Not one map. And this is against some of the best, I mean, obviously all the best teams. Like Team Liquid, I think, got top four. They were favored to be in in the running there. Uh, And, of course, some of their players made some comments about how NA, there's no way that, I mean, you've seen these before, right? (laughs) We've seen it in in Dota recently as well with No-Tail. But 
they shit on everybody. Yeah. So they get first place and they they beat Fnatic, who is an EU pretty team. cool to see how close the finals was, even though it's three games. Like it's true. every games, map yeah. was won by two rounds by Sentinels. Yeah. So it's a three zero, but it's not. It wasn't a stomp in the same way that the grand finals that we had in yeah. the major was actually, even though it looks like it on paper with the map scores. Agreed. But they did stomp the rest of the upper bracket, though, especially like the. So I have to admit, like, I didn't watch these games, right? But just looking at results, the upper bracket finals was 13 5, 13 4. That is a stomp in Valorant. Yeah. And the round before that was 13 7, 13 6, which is a very one sided game. And then they had their series against Fnatic that was close 13 11, 13 10. But like you said, they never lost a so game. So all their games to Fnatic, they cool. played five games. All of them were close, and they won all five. So. Yeah, so yeah. they are the first champions, as it were, uh, for Valorant. So, again, pretty early yeah. on in the scene. And I know that a lot of people don't give a shit about this, but the people that say that this is not going to be an eSport, you're, it has better viewership than Dota. So it's going yeah. to be enormous, I promise you. It's a very well-made game, um, despite your biases towards Riot, which I have my own as well. So, okay, mm. next thing on the list, Cinderin, kind of related to Valorant to some degree. But TSM uh, has been sponsored by a crypto exchange or cryptocurrency, FTX. And I don't think it's just a sponsorship, right? It might have something to do with ownership as well. But basically, they've changed their name to TSM FTX. Uh-oh. Are you still there? What a great name. It's okay, like good. Xbox Sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, that's, my monitor just went dim because name. this fucking thing unplugged again. But anyway... Um, the, the news is it was $210 million sponsorship, and it doesn't include uh, LCS and Valorant teams for TSM. And apparently FTX knew that coming in. So without those two enormous games, $210 million. What are your thoughts based on you know what you've read about it? My thoughts are that is a lot of money, and I genuinely don't understand why they would invest that much if they don't get to get represented in two of the flagship games. I feel like if you got this deal as FTX and it included Valorant and League and you really wanted to invest, I mean, that's it's obviously still a huge chunk of money, but TSM is a big org. They have very good reach and representation in these titles. Um I don't know. I find it really surprising. If they knew this going in, that they weren't going to get those games, then like maybe they're just in a position where they're looking at esports, and it seems like this is a Riot decision, right? That Riot is just not allowing them to uh, be a partner in these two games. Mm -hmm. um, maybe you should have found a different org that competes in other games more predominantly or have has more reach there. Uh, or maybe they're hoping for something going forward that we're not aware of. But yeah, this is pretty crazy. That's a lot of money for TSM. And I too. feel like stuff like maybe this... Maybe get a Dota team. Yay! Yeah, I'm sure that's on their on the bottom of their long list of games that they want to sponsor. Mm -hmm. But I feel like this could start a snowball effect um, around you know all esports orgs. Because this hasn't really been done before, right? Like a sponsorship of a cryptocurrency on this level, at least. So right. So what we've had, where there's been name changes, has mainly been sports clubs and yeah, and sports clubs, right? Like PSG LGD, which used to be LGD Gaming, uh, got 
it went into a shared partnership with Paris Saint-Germain, which is a French football club, the, I believe still the best in France by far, without being an expert on football whatsoever. But uh, definitely PSG is like the big, biggest name, right? Mm. Um, so the Paris football team has a Chinese Dota team, which is interesting. Um, there's a couple of other examples as well, especially I think most of the partnerships with football clubs have been in FIFA, where there's like more leagues that have uh, their esports division because there's like an obvious market segment and overlap, right? There, you get some really good reach there because the vast majority of the people that you reach in FIFA are obviously young men who also watch football. So like the overlap is amazing. Um, similar to something we talked about a couple of episodes ago with the partnership between Fortnite and the NBA. Yep, right? that's right. So uh, they're trying to reach, and I think it's a good sign for gaming and for esports going forward that you're trying to enter into partnerships or cooperation with other big fields that are non-endemic. Uh, mm -hmm. It's something I have been a fan of in the past. I'm always happy to see tournaments get sponsored by companies that are not directly gaming companies because it shows that we're aspiring to reach a growth range that is hard to get within the bubble. Now, whether cryptocurrency is the solution to that is a big question mark because mm. this is something that I... I'm not in the know about. I don't know very much about crypto. I stay away from it personally, at least for the time being, because like it's very you're buying into an idea for the most part, basically. And it could become the next amazing thing. There's definitely the possibility of it, but it could also be air to a large extent. And now we're gonna get a lot of comments on that, I'm sure, on this uh yeah. on this podcast. Well, yeah, sorry, from people I'm... that either hate it or love it, and that's fine. Like people will have their biases and opinions or whatever. So I'm not going to say that this is thin air. I'm not going to say it's the next big thing. I'm just going to say I think most people can agree that there's uncertainty around this, mm -hmm. right? Like you don't know exactly what crypto is going to do and when yeah. and how and why. Um, so it's a lot of money. Um, the fact that it's a non-endemic to me is a good thing. Um, and then, yeah, we've seen that. I think it's something actually, I know this is a bit of a tangent, but it was one of the things that was most inspiring about uh, when the uh, League World Championships, the WCS, got really big, was that you started seeing these major sponsorships that they signed, where it was, you know, from the perspective of, like, the viewer experience and how ad-heavy it got, maybe that wasn't so great, but just, like, the, the impression that this put on where gaming was headed in terms of magnitude was really interesting to watch. Like, they had big sponsorships with, like, airlines, Coca-Cola, these kind of, you know, companies that usually invest into major sports events to get representation, uh, like the Olympics, where we're looking at the League Championship Series and the World Championship there. Um, and I don't know what those sponsorships amounts were, but I don't think it was cheap for what they got in return. Um, yeah, that's true. So that was really cool to see. And yeah, you know, there's going to be people who are like, it sucks, like, keep ads out of gaming or whatever. Things cost money. And if we can grow our games by getting non-endemics interested and involved, I think that is a good thing. If we stay in our bubble and only work with the same gaming companies over and over, your scope is just limited. And like this, Speaking of which, really if anybody out there has any contact for Totino's Pizza Rolls, we would love <laughs> to have them as a sponsor because I enjoy their products anyway. There's a, fo there's a photo on my instagram from like a, a two years ago or so where i'm passed out on the couch with a plate of eaten totino's pizza rolls and nikki she took a picture of me and i found it literally two months later on my phone i'm like this is an invasion of privacy and then i posted it to instagram 
Just literally pass. Please. Non endemic. So please. Oh my god. Okay. Final thing, Cinderman. Uh <laughs> not much to talk about because it's basically just a tease, but they Microsoft has been teasing that Windows eleven potentially will be coming or announced uh on mm-hmm. June twenty fourth. So as of now, about nine days away. Windows eleven. What are your thoughts? I think some people thought that Windows 10 would just be the Windows forever and they'd just be coming out with major updates over time. But obviously, Microsoft has other plans. I mean, Microsoft wants to make money. Yes, this is true. So they haven't had very good track record of operating systems. So they go from Windows 95 to 98, which was a great jump. Windows 98 to SE. I'm going to miss some here. Uh, Windows 98 to 2000. 2000, which was fine. And then XP came out. That was th- probably the best operating system to this day. I think that was the biggest jump. XP was very good. So, yeah, XP was amazing. And then I'm going to miss some here. Like, Vista? there was like, there was ME, Millennium Edition. That was fucking garbage. Wasn't that before XP? Mm, not sure. Yeah, I'm not looking at okay. a Wikipedia page. This is just anyway. pure memory. And then. Uh-huh. Yeah, Windows Vista, that was horrendous, right? I did not think it was as bad as the generic person did. I didn't have as many problems as other people did. Really? It was it was worse than XP, I guess, but it wasn't like... I didn't run into like this wall of issues that everybody seemed to be having. I, but even I, I, I was just lucky. Like for the first year, like half the drivers just wouldn't work. I don't... Like again, I, I, I don't I remember the reasoning behind it, it all, but Windows Vista was pretty much looked at as a complete yeah. failure. Then they came out with seven, which was amazing, right? Windows seven was good. Yeah. Then they came out with Windows eight, which everyone hated. <laughs> then they skipped Windows nine because I don't know if it was a marketing thing or if it was actually true that the original Windows Server was called Windows nine point or something like that, and you just couldn't have the same file shit. I don't know. So they skipped. I think Windows it was 10. something like a lot of. I think it was something about the indexing of a lot of like uh, programming languages and stuff, where an older version was, like you said, had something with nine in it, and it would mean that you needed to reprogram all of those things because it would detect incorrectly or something like that. So they just skipped it instead. Sure. And started with the one. By the way, something I know we're like going to get that. some comments that yeah. we sk- we understand that we skipped some. This is just off our memory, but yeah. so basically every other Windows since like XP has been utter garbage. Like every time, every second, right? So when yeah, yeah, so Windows eight was terrible. Then they came out with Windows ten, which people have been using for quite a while. It's been incredible. I think it's in terms of like my favorite Windows would be XP seven and then ten. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what they could do with eleven. You know? Yeah, I have no idea. The only thing that I really care about with operating systems, to be honest, is if they can improve the performance. Like in terms of functionality, I don't. I'm not missing anything. Like I feel like every time there's a a package with like new features or whatever, I don't care. Like I don't even look at them because mm. I have what I need and what I use. So it's not really features that I'm after. I'm after performance. Like do you get better infrastructure or better performance for streaming? Do you get better performance for running multiple monitor setups? Do you get more performance for graphics? Like this kind of stuff is interesting. Um, so if they do that, I hope, I mean, I hope Windows 11 is more focused on that because like it's obviously hard for us to say, but like, what what features can Windows 11 give us that we want? Well, like, I I'll genuinely have no idea like. what I would so want. So one thing, well, first of all, and recently they came mm-hmm. out with an update that you had to install. I don't know if you've had this installed yet, but it's like this little little widget in your taskbar that shows the weather. 
And it's really fucking annoying. I hate this thing. Yeah, and switch I, it off. Like, I actually had to Google how to switch it off because it's not easy to do right. so. It's almost like adware. Anyway, so at home, I actually have this thing that they originally came out with Windows Vista that they stopped mm-hmm. supporting because of security issues. <laughs> I continue to use widgets. Have you seen what widgets are? Like it shows your CPU no. usage. It shows your oh, internet that, usage. Okay. It shows the weather, the time. Uh, GPU usage, like I fucking love that stuff. Being able to look at my other aren't monitor, there a lot of third party programs that are good for that too, though? I mean, I use those original ones that are probably big security breaches, but they're amazing. I would like for them to come out with uh-huh. something like that. So in that, integrated like tracking of performance, yeah, basically, yeah. In a yeah, nice I'd be okay with that. I don't. Format. I genuinely don't know how much I would be using it. Like. You know, you can open like the task manager and you can see performance. You can see like CPU, memory, yeah, disk, but I don't, Ethernet. I don't want to open my task. I want it to be literally right. on my monitor at all times. My, I have enough. four monitors, for God's sake. Right. Cater to the fourth monitor guy, please. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. So it should be interesting to see what they do with Windows 11. I'm, I'm always kind of excited, honestly. I'm kind of a geek with this kind of stuff. So yeah, be cool to see. Okay. It, okay. Yes. Last comment from you on this. Do you think it will be an upgrade or a downgrade from Windows 10, if you had to guess? Um, I think it'll be an upgrade. What does your gut say? Actually. You think this will be a good one, so I, there'll be two good in a row. I think they fucked up so many times in a row coming off of something that people like that they surely they've learned. But then again... So like Blizzard with Diablo 4, which is going to be amazing. <laughs> surely okay. they'll learn. The, but at the same time, Xbox, Xbox 360... Xbox One, Xbox One X, Xbox Series X. They didn't learn. So maybe not, actually. Fucking idiots. Okay, so that brings us to the end of this episode. Sorry for the scuff setup, guys. The next time you'll see us, I will be back in my house. So the volume levels will Things be good will be and all that good back stuff. To normal. Indeed. Okay, thanks for watching, as always, friends. Until next time, Sunset and Cinder and signing out. Goodbye. Subscribe. We Seriously, don't subscribe. Don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Yeah.